Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, Disney's purchase of 20th Century Fox leaves that film studio uncertain about its future. Disney has released their third quarter earnings report, and Disney is opposing a living wage ballot measure out in Anaheim. Plus, we're going to talk about what we're looking forward to as the fall season rapidly approaches. And if you wonder what the hell I'm talking about, on Friday is the first night of Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, and that officially starts fall for me, so it means it starts fall for everybody, and that's what we're going to talk about. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is The Diz Unplugged. This is The Diz Unplugged, episode 1003 for the week of August 14th, 2018. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Charles Boda. Hi, folks. Steve Porter. Hello. Teresa Eccles. Hey. Julie Martin. Hey, y'all. And back in the production nook, our associate producer, Rhino Clavin. Hello. And our producer, Mr. Craig Williams. Hi. 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 Okay. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. Hope you are having a great week. A couple things I want to talk about in housekeeping, but I really needed to be a little more ready than I am. Um, We have crossed the $70,000 mark raised for Give Kids the World as a, a part of that uh, initiative we started uh, with our thousandth episode a few weeks ago. I am so incredibly happy with the generosity and support that everyone has shown. Um, whether you have given $10 or $20 or $100 or $1,000, and in one case, $5,000, every uh, every donation is so greatly appreciated. Uh, we are actually right now at $71,100. That's what I was trying to bring up was that number. So we are $29,000 or $28,900 away from our goal of $100,000 raised. Um, I, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to make another plea here for uh, for you to help us out. Um, you know, some people got confused when we first launched this, and because I said I, I you know I want to find a thousand people willing to donate a hundred dollars. So people thought that if they weren't going to donate a hundred dollars, that they couldn't do anything, which is not what we meant at all. Um, one of the suggestions I had made, which I'm going to make again now, is even if a hundred dollars is too much, even if any amount right now is too much what you can do reach out to friends family members co-workers explain to them what we're doing bundle that hundred dollars together and make that donation to give kids the world i need 300 or 290 people to do that i need 300 people that are listening to me right now to take it upon themselves to say you know what i'm either going to donate or I'm going to talk to my friends and family, get the money together. Um, We have sent approximately 11 families, 12 families to give kids the world with what we've done in the last three weeks. I say we, I mean all of us, not just the people in this room, not just me, 
because I can sit here and talk about this till I'm blue in the face if you guys don't pick up the ball and run with it, nothing happens. But think about that. Think about the fact that a dozen families will be able to go to Give Kids the World because of what you're doing, because of your generosity and your support. So I'm asking for the 300 people out there, and I know you're there. Just take it upon yourself. Say, this is something I'm going to do to give back. And not about giving back to me or the show or anything else. Giving back to the universe. Say, I'm going to do my part to do some good. Because God knows we turn on the news, we get on Facebook, we get on Twitter. There's plenty of crap out there. And we can't change the world by ourselves, but we can be part of a change. And stuff like this is a great way to do it. This is an organization that does nothing but good. And helps so many people. Um, so that's why I'm reaching out and asking that I need 300 people to commit to helping us get $100 a piece. That next 30000 puts us over the top. And we will have raised $100,000 for Give Kids the World. So I will not belabor this point. I think I've made myself clear. Um, that's a, well. I was thinking about it the other day because I'm, uh, you know, how much we've donated. We crossed the half a million dollar mark at the twentieth anniversary. Yeah, with this, we'll be about six hundred. Uh, once we hit a hundred thousand with this, I believe we're about six hundred and twenty-five thousand. Yeah. So, like that math though is like the percentage that you we've raised in this little amount of time compared to what we've raised over the lifetime is kind of dumbfounding, almost too. That. Like, so, you know, that's crazy that, like, a way to go. You know what I mean? Like, you people are awesome. That's what that says to me, and that's really cool. And this is not the only thing that we're going to do this year. We are doing something a little later on in the year. And normally, and I wasn't even planning on talking about this, but I might as well. Um, Normally, when we do our fundraisers, uh, there's, you know, we're either traveling somewhere or there's some big party. Um... And that's great. I'm not taking anything away from that. And the incredible amount of work and money that was raised that got us to that that half million dollars last year. Um, but we wanted to do something that was a bit more uh, inclusive of everyone. That didn't require anybody to travel, and you know. So I, I have not picked the exact date yet. It will be after Thanksgiving. It'll be the weekend of Thanksgiving, one day. Whether it's that Friday, that Saturday, that Sunday, I'm not sure yet. But uh, we are going to launch a, an online silent auction to begin with. And one of those days, we are going to do a marathon show. Um, it's going to be our little telethon to raise money for Give Kids the World. And we're figuring doing it right after Thanksgiving when everybody starts their Christmas shopping. You know, it's amazing things that people donate for us to auction off. That uh, that would just be a perfect time to do it. I've thought about that for a few years, and I thought that this would be cool. Um, so I will have more details later, but I have decided that is what we're doing. I just haven't worked out all the details yet. As Teresa sits there going, oh, my God. <laughs> I think she just wants to be Jerry Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Sweating and take my tie off, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sitting here thinking, I think this might involve me. I'm not sure. <laughs> Well, those things have to get shipped out from somewhere, dear. Shipped to and from somewhere. Yeah, that's cool. I'm ready. I'm on it. We'll have a talent show to fill time. You can play the ukulele? I can tap dance. Now that I've had surgery, (laughs) I couldn't do it before, but maybe I can do it now. It's a Christmas miracle. (laughs) 
can be Tiny Tim. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be. <laughs> so that, that's something that's coming up. So all right, that now I do have to uh, take a moment and speak uh, to our, our our friends out in London. Uh, I have that meet coming up uh, the eighth, the eighth, September eighth. Um, now the response to this was well beyond anything I anticipated when I secured a venue that had a max capacity of 250 people I figured okay that's more than enough well apparently I was wrong um, as a great deal a great number of people have already RSVP'd and expressed interest um, so we've kind of like marked it as sold out now if you uh, did RSVP either by email when I first put the call out or on Facebook by saying that you were going to the event, then you're on the list and you're fine. Okay. There's no money. You don't have to pay for anything. It's not a money thing. It's just that we're at the point now where we reasonably expect that we're going to fill this, fill this pub effectively. Um, so if you marked interested and you didn't commit to going, I'm sorry, but I don't think there's going to be enough room. So I feel terrible about that. I swear on all things holy, I just, I figured maybe 100, 150 at the most. I never expected that we'd be getting that kind of response, especially because I hope people realize this. It's just me. Yeah, right. And I'm not doing a show. I, I'll, I'm going to do a Q&A, <laughs> but there's no show. There's no, I, you know, I, so I just didn't think really and truly that it was going to be. They like you. They, they really like they you. Like, it's very Sally Field. It it's is. It's a very Sally Field with that second Oscar. Um, but so uh, I want you to know that if you did RSVP either by email when I first put the call out or on Facebook by saying that you were going to the event I posted on my Facebook page, then you're all good. I've got your name. It's all set. Um, but if you did not do that, then I'm sorry. But I'm sorry. I was like totally, totally taken off guard with that. I usually. That's sweet, though. That's nice. It is. It really is. And I feel terrible that I have to say to anybody, uh, don't come. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so full house. Full house. Cool. So that's awesome. All right. Anything else in housekeeping? No, really? Nothing? Nothing? Not anybody? Back to school! I know, right? Scared the the hell out of me. Well, not everyone is, but a lot of our counties are back to school. Um, I know that most people... You know, north of us, they don't start till like September time and even later in August. So, um, to those of you who have started school, awesome. I hope your moms are enjoying yourselves and dads or stepmoms or grandmas or whoever had to take care of them all summer. (laughs) And I want to thank everybody for the well wishes and prayers. Um, Stella went back to public school this week for the first time since last October. And it's been a challenge, but she suffers from depression and a lot of social anxiety. But I think it's just going to work. She seems, yeah, got her out of the house. I was home alone for the first time yesterday and what 10 months was nobody awesome nobody to answer your bell nobody <laughs> nobody to answer my bell they took my bell away and I can't find my bell it really upsets me <laughs> probably a smart decision hey they couldn't hear me I had to you know whatever well I'm glad it does sound like you have her in the perfect spot yeah for her. it's been a rough couple of years but yeah it's gonna work out well that's good and I'm also glad you're feeling better good to Thank see you, you up yeah. and around and not higher than God um <laughs> Right, I'm Hopped up on pain pills. No pain pills today. Good for you. Yeah, day three. I'm just 
It's good. It's all good. Thank you there. Awesome. Dr. House over there. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? Anything else in housekeeping? No? No? Okay. So let's talk about some news stories. And I may throw Craig a curveball here with one of them. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to go with it. But let's start out with um, the acquisition of 20th Century Fox by Disney apparently is causing some uh, anxiety over at 20th Century Fox Studios. Um, they're basically, a lot of people, they're questioning whether or not any of the projects that they currently have in development are actually ever going to see the light of day once this deal is done. Um, and as a result, there's a real concern that a lot of talent, both actors, actresses, producers, directors, as well as executives in 20th Century Fox, are going to begin this mass exodus because I believe uh, in August, a number of them uh, will get their bonuses. And they're fearing that once they get their bonuses, that they're going to say, okay, we're out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, the, uh, the current head of the studio has been extending contracts for executives, um, and but she herself is not sure what her role is uh, is, is going to be, and you know yeah she's probably not staying on. <clears throat> um, they uh, likely, as far as uh, the Walt Disney Company executives, um, she she would be fighting for a place. Um, so she's probably not staying on, but she's trying to keep everybody else on board to kind of see through the storm, figure out what happens. Well, and I imagine if she leaves, there'll be a very nice golden power parachute attached to her mm-hmm. back. Um, well, I think it, legally they can't. Um, they The whole point of this deal is that until it's like officially, officially finalized, everything that is in production, everything is supposed to keep moving. Nothing can stop moving legally. Um, otherwise, it violates um, part of the... Uh, it's like the law that has to do with the contract because it's essentially they'd be jumping ship, uh, not jumping ship, jumping the shark or something. I, I was trying to read about it the other day, and they were saying that it, just because now Disney bought it doesn't mean they can just stop making a movie right now because Disney doesn't own it right now. Well, well what they're saying, what the Wall Street Journal is saying is that anything that is currently in production is safe. Yeah. It's the ones that are still in development that mm-hmm. Disney may have the option to... Well, and, th- and that, that's uh, frightening away a lot of uh, anybody from committing to any of these projects, too. And that, that's going to put well, a You can't real, blame them. Well, no, absolutely not. You know, and it's going to be a hiccup in their studio system because you got to think it takes two years to make a movie. So you might not feel it right now, but, you know, come two years from right now when this is going well, on, you're going to be like, why is there no output from this one studio? But I also read an article that said that they think that Disney's intention is to get rid of Fox is to keep Fox, they bought it for the um, Fox 2000, which is like the searchlight stuff, and that they are essentially might get rid of the title, the 20th Century Fox altogether, and um, that and that anything that does not fit within the Disney family, and this is what I was afraid of, will go away. That that they, they were saying that Alien won't have a place, and that, I forget what the other rated R franchises were, but everything has to fit in that PG-13 mold or below. I don't or believe, I don't believe that for a second. going to happen yeah. at all. Whoever said that, I think It was just, in Deadline, was reporting I, yeah, it. I yeah, I think that was sensationalism. I think they're going to stick with it. The fact is, they already said they want to keep Searchlight, they want to keep FX, for sure, and those are two things that not only are they going to keep them, but they are going to foster them because they love the content that's coming out 
well, for both of yeah, them. And, yeah, and, like, I, Fox has been responsible, I think, for, uh, well, like, they were saying, like, they, 20 Oscars in the last... Well, and they won Best so. Picture last year for The Shape of Water. Yeah. Um, and so I don't believe for a second they're going yeah. to jettison. Well, Searchlight was The Shape of Water one, and they're definitely keeping that, along with National Geographic is isn't getting jettisoned. Um, you know, everybody's wondering about 20th Century Fox, but the thing is, and I think we'll cover this like a little bit later when we talk about the earnings report breakdowns, is that they are straying heavily towards direct to consumer. That's where all of this, that's where all of their attention is focused. And Iger specifically said, um, as far as Fox properties, um, like, you know, obviously the ones you know about, um, X-Men and Fantastic Four, but also non-family-friendly properties like Deadpool, Planet of the Apes, uh, Kingsman. You mentioned that they're going to utilize those assets um, as a base for direct-to-consumer cons- stuff. So their DTC streaming service that's coming out in 2019 is going to have a lot of these Fox properties. They're going to s- still need to develop major films to go along with this as well. So I doubt they're going to jettison anything that's not family-friendly. How much, how, much how much has Deadpool made, the two movies? Ball- ballpark it for me. Uh, I want to say it's a, I mean, it's at least a billion dollars, or close to it. It's got to be. The two films did really, really well. Yeah, because mm-hmm. um, you know, at the end of the day, Disney is a business. You know, Michael Eisner created Touchstone and uh, Miramax specifically so that he could get away with doing films that were not necessarily appropriate under the Disney brand and banner, but still you know, put out Shakespeare in Love, which won a Best Picture Oscar, and some other films that may not have fit in with what Disney was known for. I don't imagine this company that is so about the bottom line is going to be jettisoning jettisoning any IP that makes the kind of money that Deadpool did, for example. This story for me is kind of like it kind of put it in perspective that business decisions are made. And, you know, as a Disney fan, when I heard about the deal going through, I was like, oh, X-Men and Marvel and all these different things as a fan. But then you realize, like, oh, this is also going to affect, like, people's livelihoods and people's lives in a way that some people are going to lose their jobs. And business decisions have to be made. But at the same time, I, like, this all kind of put it in perspective of, like, oh, wow, this is more than just my fandom that matters. This is also people's jobs and livelihood. Well, this is the fourth and largest studio that Disney has consumed. I believe it's four now. We got Pixar, we had Marvel, we had Lucasfilm, and now we have Fox. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is the fourth and largest studio that Disney has consumed under Iger's tenure. Um, And one of the largest in Hollywood, period. It's in the, the big five, you know, the big... Oh, yeah. I, I, is there a studio bigger than Disney now with this acquisition? Well, they say, I think I read the statistic was like now Disney controls like 44 or 45. Yeah, there's no yeah, single studio that has that yeah. has the control and the, the, the reach now that Disney does with this deal. Um, that being said, some great things have come out of it. Uh, you know, Marvel fans were skeptical when they took over Marvel. I don't think they're skeptical anymore. Um, Star Wars fans may be a slightly different story, but generally speaking, it has breathed new life into that franchise that was not present on the other side of the George Lucas prequels. Um, and somebody, somebody was like, I forgot what somebody said to me about you know Disney killing 
you know, ultimately killing Star Wars with their decisions. And I, I, my response was, if George Lucas didn't kill it with those prequels, it can't die. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, and also we always go into these discussions like, oh, is Disney going to do this? Is Disney going to do that? I don't know. I've been really happy with Pixar, Marvel, and and Lucasfilm. I've been really happy with the entertainment I've gotten coming out of that. And at the end of the day, that's what I care about. Like, how good is the entertainment I'm getting? Mm-hmm. I, I realize that may be selfish. I realize that may be myopic. Um, but at the end of the day, really, unless we're shareholders, do we give a crap? Other, uh, with, about anything really other than that like they're doing great they've got talented people doing great work um, putting out really awesome stuff yeah. um, and oh. so I could understand if they had taken Star Wars and you know rebooted it as a musical you mm-hmm. know okay then then <laughs> Rhino and I may have liked that yeah. but I think Craig would have burned burned the yeah. studio down well, I'll tell you one thing that does bother me, and that's they, they'll continue to own these properties, but management changes, executives change. Right now, I can say, yeah, they've done right by Marvel, not the comic books, which as a comic fan I was worried about, but uh, film-wise, they've done right by Marvel. Uh, by Marvel. Marvel. They, Marvel. <laughs> they've done right by Lucasfilm, in my opinion. I've, I've enjoyed a lot of that, but the all-consuming maw of the mouse is eating every intellectual property in sight that I care about. And the problem is when I no longer have the benevolent dictatorship of Bob Iger. When um, his contract is up and somebody else comes in and that creative but, and creative decisions made at different levels of start to negatively affect stuff because I'm putting all of my trust to everything I love in one company that is, at the end of the day, like all companies, concerned about the bottom line. Okay, so Walt Disney, when he passed away, mm-hmm. uh, the company went ultimately to his son-in-law, um, who by all accounts was a very, very good man, mm-hmm. but was not able... You know, by the time Eisner and Wells took over, Disney was so weak that it was uh, it, it was it was being targeted for a hostile takeover. Mm-hmm. That's why they brought Eisner and Wells in to fend that off. And they completely, you know, the market spoke. Management changed because the ideas weren't working. Um, that's the idea behind capitalism. And you know, look, it may happen that whoever comes in to replace. Bob Iger doesn't make sound decisions or takes it in a direction, the market will punish him for that. And the board of directors will replace him um, for that. Um, and that's how it's going to have yeah. to work. The, the fear the fear that I have, and I think it's the, the thing that others have too, is that um, when you have something so giant like Disney that does have a sort of singular vision, you know, very definitive of this is the type of product that we like to make for Disney, which is fine and great, and we've all enjoyed it for sure, but it kind of, they have the ability to squash in new, we keep talking about franchises. I want to know about a brand new movie that isn't going to be a franchise that's just a story. You know, I want—I don't want those things to go away, and I know that they've said they're keeping the other two studios, and they're kind of the thing that do, that do that, but it just gets a little scary because there's another law that's about to go through too that is now going to allow movie studios to start owning and uh, operating movie theaters again. 
And that's been something that hasn't been allowed for like decades. And so, you know, there's a couple of like the El Capitan is the only one that Disney has. But like so then that warps distribution as well. So essentially, if you're an artist or you're trying to get your voice heard, it's going to become more and more narrow instead of wider. So it becomes broader for us well, in terms of what we get. In terms, in, in terms, you know, arguably of of major motion pictures, yes. Yeah. But the internet has been the great equalizer. Yeah. Um, we are sitting here doing, for all intents and purposes, a television show that would have been absolutely impossible 15 years ago. That's true. We did not have a voice like this. And I say we, I don't mean just us. I'm talking about the, fa- the Disney people of fans the internet. <laughs> did not have a voice like this 15 years ago. Um, so, you know, life, it's to in- quote Jurassic yeah, Park, yeah, yeah. <laughs> life always finds a way. Yeah. Um, and that, and, you know, and, and so that, and that's kind of the beauty of capitalism. That's kind of the beauty of, of democracy, isn't it? I mean, that there is the ability and there, you know, people find a way. Mm. People find a way. Yeah, I know it's all subjective, but I'm looking at the list of uh, just recent in the past two years of the movies that uh, 20th Century Fox has put out. And, you know, you do see things like Kingsman and War for Planet of the Apes in there uh, that were obviously a big deal. Deadpool, too. But then on stuff that wasn't Fox 2000, they've made a lot of stuff that just hasn't hit. They've had like Greatest Showman, which was a big hit. But then they've had they've had a lot of how to get that other, reference in. Huh? I had to in honor of, in honor of Kevin. Uh, but then they had a, lot, a bunch of other movies that just were mediocre performing, like Red Sparrow. Uh, um, uh, why him for comedies stuff like that so in terms of their original standalone movies mm-hmm. I wouldn't say yeah, that they're them. really knocking it out of the park on that anyways no. they they do with 2000 they've had stuff like Hidden Figures uh, and um, Juno that, you know, I know that was like a long ago, long time back like... but you have you have stuff like you just they're the ones that are producing the things that you need to see every now and then Fox itself uh, produces something good that's not in a in a franchise but um, it's with the amount that they're producing I think they could use a little extra guidance well here's you know kind of to to go back to my original point where you're gonna see the creativity that you're looking for um, not just on these you know the smaller subsections of the studios like searchlight but we're you know, they're planning on focusing a lot of Fox content into streaming services and direct-to-consumer. If you look at original ideas that see the light of day now, they aren't major motion pictures, but they're still popular, and they all pop up on streaming services, Netflix originals, Amazon originals. You've got these weird creative ideas that um, start out like in, in humbler, unlikely places that end up building up. For instance, something like Stranger Things would never have been like a big motion picture franchise, but streaming it found a home. You know, that's right. where you get your creative. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they end up. I just have one thing to say about it all. I want Deadpool in the Magic Kingdom <laughs> on a float with the princesses. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's, Could be that's, original. that's going to happen. Okay, that's what I want. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so next story up, um, while we're talking about the studio, they released their third quarter earnings. Charles, you understand this far better uh, than I do. How'd they do? Um, they did all right. But as far as projections were concerned, they were short of estimates. Um, 
you know, if when you go into parks and resorts, which is the thing, the primary thing that I think most of the people it's what pays for the company most most of the thing uh people watching this care about um you're seeing pretty decent domestic earnings pretty decent earnings overseas um maybe short of expected but you're not going to see any big changes in fact you know what i'll do rather than getting into the nitty-gritty um you're not going to see a lot of major changes until the next few reports. Right now, the way they're doing the reports are with their old system and their old business structure, right? Um, they're, they've done a company reorganization. So in fiscal 2019, they're going to have their direct-to-consumer and international division, which is going to shake things up. These reports are going to come out completely different as far as profits and losses. But that's when you're going to get your streaming coming out. That's also, we're looking at Galaxy's Edge opening up. Um, right now, Disney is spending a lot of money for the future of the next couple of years. So the reports that we're getting might be interesting, but honestly, it's most of it is like, well, you know, The Force Awakens came out here, but Solo came out here. It's not the biggest deal. Where we're really going to start to see changes is going into fiscal 2019 and on. Because, um, you know, we're still referencing the purchase of BAM Tech, which is what they did for their streaming service. They're still trying to make that money back. Um, their studios... It declined somewhat, but they also just spent a large amount on the Fox acquisition. Right. And as Rhino kind of brought up, that's in a nebulous zone where they're working on things currently being developed, but they might not have a lot of new projects in. So we're going to see we're going to see a lot of weirdness. Um, but I think out of all of the decisions they've made over the past year and a half, we're going to start to see that come in the coming quarters. You know? Well, you, know, you have to remember that. Parks and Resorts is the single most important uh, single most important uh, unit in the business because it is consistent. It is not dependent on whether a movie that they just invested three, four hundred, five hundred million dollars in tanks. So it's it's a consistent business. It's solid. They can they can count on it. They can count on it. And we're talking about. Um, how much I'm looking looking at it here uh, how much did the the parks division bring in okay so for parks and resorts they had a 6% growth in revenues 15% growth in operating income this year um, 5.2 billion 5.2 billion dollars coming from parks and resorts uh, in operating income and that's is is that for the year or for the quarter that's the quarter Uh, that's for the quarter yeah okay so think about that $5 $5 billion in a three-month or four-month uh, three span. Um, so that's why you see the effort that, you know, and, and, and I'm not justifying it per se, but, um, you know, we start complaining about price increases and we, you know, we talk about them doing the money grab and the nickel and diming. That's part of the motivation behind them is that, They've got that, you know, Bob Iger has that cattle prod out behind Caligritus and the other one saying, you got to make sure this division is paying the bills. Because this is really, theme parks is how they pay their bills. Charles, correct me if I'm wrong, but in 20, fiscal 2019, is that when consumer products and theme parks gets lumped together? Um, consumer products and international. So um, parks, resorts, and experiences will now be its own. And then international pretty much covers international media. 
um, and the different uh, the different media companies, and it's all that's also going to cover ESPN Plus, which they lost money on and continue to lose money on, but they're losing less money, which they're relatively happy about this quarter. But they're losing money on ESPN, but hopefully going to make that up in ESPN Plus, which just recently launched. Okay. Um, that division is also going to have Disney streaming service, and that's also where Hulu falls under, which if this acquisition goes through, they have a 60% stake in. So. Um, Parks is their standby. That's a, that's where they can guarantee the money. The big risk is in this brand new division, yeah. the consumer products division. And the thing is, um, and you know, people talk about it, whether they'll be able to compete with Netflix, right? Um, well, the Iger's response to this was fifty percent of people um, stream, and uh, each one, and like the majority of them stream. Up to th- from up to three different things, so Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, kind of thing. Well, from Iger's standpoint, they Disney streaming doesn't need to be at the top. It just needs to be in the top three to be profitable. They don't have to compete with Netflix, and Disney now has a sixty percent stake in Hulu. So if you think about your top three streaming favorites, right, with the exception of Amazon, you know, uh, Netflix is a gimme. Pretty much, they're not going. They're not going. I don't. Anywhere. And you know what? But I don't. Disney. And Hulu, which they have a huge cut of. I mean, that in the streaming game. I am more likely to, because uh, really and truly, I mean, I do have an account with Hulu. I do have an account with Amazon. Um, I rarely ever watch either of them. It's pretty much Netflix. Mm-hmm. And, you know, based on what Disney puts out, it's likely going to be Disney, too. Um, but I, Netflix is pretty much where my money goes. I feel like uh, Iger saying, well, it's not going to compete with Netflix, and I don't think it will at first, but I think that that's almost more for shareholders to set their expectations of, like, guys, prepare yourself. This is not going to be Netflix. Well, this right. is it's, gonna... it's about the bundle. That's ultimately, mm-hmm. like, I mean, listening to the earnings call on it, it was literally DTC, DTC, DTC all over again. It's all leading up to the big bundle where you get Hulu, the Disney streaming service, and ESPN Plus all in one uh, nice price point where you have that together. And that's what they're looking at, not necessarily the individual aspects of it. Yeah. But, um, and I think they did mention that, you know, like you're not going to, it's not going to be like a cable company. You have to get the bundle thing. You can buy them individually. Mm -hmm. But with the not competing with Netflix, um, they're going for quality over quantity because they're focusing on those properties. So the phrasing makes it seem like it's going to be significantly cheaper than Netflix as well. Well, you mentioned consumer products, and I think uh, I'm going to jettison this last story, Craig, and we're just going to go right into our discussion because I'm looking at the time. Um, We went a lot longer on those two than I really wanted to. Um, But, uh, you know, it it, it occurred to me that um, we are days away from the start of Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. It is August. It is early August. By the time this party happens, it will be mid-August. Um, and you know, when I first heard that they were doing that, that it was going to be like it's the earliest it's ever been. I'm like, oh my god! It's guaranteed to rain. <laughs> well, <Sorry. laughs> every time y'all well, go, it rains. Well, well Corey's going to be there. No, every time we're there with Corey, it rains. Um, but. You know what? Then they they put out, you know, I got our tickets for it and everything, like I always do, because we always cover it the first night. And then Parks Blog put out some of the merchandise mm-hmm. that they are featuring this year, some of the popcorn buckets, 
um, some of the other things that are coming out. And I don't know. My fall just started. My fall, I like, I'm totally in that mindset now. I'm really excited for uh, for the Halloween party. And then uh, uh, you guys, Corey and Rhino, uh, this past, uh, what was it? Saturday. Saturday covered uh, the preview for the Food and Wine Festival because that begins just in a couple of weeks at the end of August. And, you know, you know, we can we can whine and moan about, oh, it's so early. It's so early. You know what? I don't care. These these are great things. The Halloween party's awesome. Food and Wine Festival is awesome. And I am really happy because that it, 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 it marks the beginning of my favorite time of year in Orlando, which is the fall into the holidays. Um, and, you know, I, I posted something on uh, well, Twitter or Instagram. I forgot which one. Um, that uh, how excited I was about it, and so people were still saying, you know what? If it's okay for Disney to start decorating for Halloween yeah. in the middle of August, it's okay for me too. I, st- I start July fifth. I don't know what people are complaining about. <laughs> I, I serious. I'm not even kidding because um, I was in Target like a couple days ago, and there was I bought pumpkin flavored or, uh, Cheerios and pumpkin pie flavored Frosted Flakes. So I was like, well, I'm on board now. <laughs> like I, I'm in. Yeah, I can ease into the into the season. But but for me, what I like about it is, especially with like food and wine, like that can always be longer because the things that Corey and I were able to sample were a lot of the new offerings and a lot of the new food items. And what's cool is they're adding more than just being like, okay, new booth, new menus. They're adding interactive experiences. They're adding, um, you know, sort of more stuff that you can sign up for. The celebrity chefs are coming again. Um, so it's kind of cool, not only just for people who are coming on vacation. Now maybe you are coming before your kids went back to school. You get to experience it. But also if you live here or you're an annual pass holder, it kind of – I like that they're filling up the event with stuff to continually do. So it's kind of like I don't need to go and do the lap the one time now. It's kind of like, okay, well, I can go and try this on this night and we can go and maybe set up and do one of these activities on this day and stuff like that. So I really think they're getting a lot better about filling the event with stuff that is continually maintaining it as opposed to it being just like, okay, it's this one event we do and we just keep doing it over and over every day from this date to this date. So it kind of makes it more of a a long experience. Which is a good idea because, you know, uh, the argument could be made that food and wine was starting to get a little stale, no pun intended, um, because it just kind of always seemed... You know, it's great, and I love it, and I'll always do it, but it was pretty predictable. So it is nice to hear that they're adding some some new elements in addition to... A little to, new energy, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it's always a good idea. Um, but I think it's the... Um, I, 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 I gotta say, I think it's the, the merchandise I was seeing featured. It's something about it. Those popcorn buckets, the, the cauldron? Boogie. I want that cauldron popcorn bucket. Oh, it's a cauldron? Oh, it's a, it's a cauldron, and it comes with, like, a, it's got a base on it. So what's cool is, like, I've noticed, too, a lot of the new popcorn buckets are starting to get the base on it. Like, last year, if you got the Oogie Boogie one... Um, you would have noticed there was a base on that one too. And it's kind of like you can um, display them now. So they're not just like, oh, I got this cool looking popcorn bucket, but what am I going to do with it? It's kind of, it becomes part of your holiday decor. And it's like what you said, it kind of gets you into that that spirit a little bit more. And it's funny, over the last couple of years, I have spent so much money on Halloween decor. Mm -hmm. Um, And you want to get your money's worth. You want to, you know... When when we did when we didn't live in Florida, the weather dictated 
you know, it's fall weather. The season, yeah. The season. Now, now down here, you've got to artificially create that, for me anyway. And the Halloween party, no matter when it starts, always is the beginning of the fall season for me. So it is... Yeah, after I saw your post, I was digging through stuff looking for my <laughs> Julie. What what are you looking forward to as we as we come into this new season? This this the fall season beginning this week apparently. What are you looking um, forward to? I have a big wedding coming up at the end of the year, so it's kind of all I can think about because <coughs> my sister's getting married. But um, we love Halloween. We always dress up. Um, Ferris has already stated that he wants to be a police officer, so more than likely Corey's going to be the the prisoner, the inmate. Oh, that's great. We try to match them or match us. I thought you were going to be so the So last year, people. we were as a, we were a couple. We, we dressed up together. So this year, they're going to dress up together. And of all things, Finley wants to be a cat. Of course she does. <laughs> a black cat. Imagine that. Oh, my gosh. I love her. <laughs> so she's going to be Olive and I'm going to be Penny. Oh, that's sweet. But Halloween is what we look forward to. Um, I hold off. September 1st is when I pull out all my fall decor because I actually like I like Halloween stuff. But I like fall decorations. Like yes. I want gold. I want burgundies. I want browns. You I want, want it to mustard. carry through Thanksgiving. Yes. Yeah. So and like it doesn't come down until I'm ready to decorate for Christmas. Right. Well, what so, about? Like, I anticipate that. But what, what about at the parks? Like, what is it like? Halloween. Halloween party. Yeah. <laughs> That's what didn't I say? Halloween. Well, I no, just, you I just didn't. Incent- I thought that meant Mickey's not so scary. But um, last year we decided not to dress up, which was and was super smart in my opinion. We decided to just do Halloween T-shirts and whatever else we wanted to wear. Well, it rained, <laughs> of course. Because it rains on us every year, no matter Corey. what. It rains on him when he goes with you guys, and it rains on him when he goes with us. So we prepared for that this past year. And so it was the most fun we've ever had at a Halloween party without the stress of the costume and worrying about whether or not they're going to be hot because it's never cold during the Halloween season mm-hmm. here. Hello. Um, so for me, it, it's all things Halloween. And um, food and wine I like. I don't really get to go that often, so... You know, I can kind of leave it or, or take it at this point, um, but I do look forward to it. I just don't get to enjoy it like an adult gets to enjoy it. <laughs> well, what about you, Steve? Uh, I love uh, the very merry Christmas party, but I feel like because the Halloween party's coming up so soon, I'm very excited about that. And like Rhino was saying, there's new stuff in the Halloween party this year, um, and. I write a lot of the highlight articles once the party's over, and for it seems like since I started, that article's basically been the same thing, just slight variations, where this year with the new uh, Space Mountain soundtrack that's going on, and the Mad Tea Party has special lighting, like it sounds like there'll be enough new things where I'm going to be like really excited to write this article because there's actually going to be changes from the year before. All right. Now, I seriously, I haven't been paying attention. What other new things? So uh, I, mean, I know about the merchandise. Pirates. You didn't know about Pirates of the Caribbean? No. Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I don't. Wait. What is Pirates? I know Sp- Space does, Mountain and the Mad Tea Party. But. Does anyone know about this website called www.info.com? We report on all... <laughs> Yeah. I'm not. So, there's, would you would like to tell me what <laughs> was it talking about? There's like a character that's going to be roaming around. Oh yes, in the oh, yes, of the yes, I did thing. read that. Yeah, I, I, I don't. It wasn't a hundred percent clear, but from what I, it seems like, um, it, there, it's essentially going to be an actor that's going to be moving around. Doing on Jack the, Sparrow on the. No, no, no. It's like a, a a skeleton or something, right? Or something. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, Craig is not move. with us. Craig. What? I was looking at you to ask, do you remember the character that's being, the Halloween character of Pirates? It's like a, it's an it's original like a character. pirate, right? Yeah. Oh. 
It's not like a from the franchise or anything. It's like Bob it's the a, Pirate. It's a pirate yeah. though, not like a lumberjack. No, it's a yeah, it's a, it's a pirate. <laughs> they had they chose to add werewolves this year. It was a weird <laughs> choice, but they went. No, for me, I'm gonna since it's already back here. I really love Fort Wilderness at Halloween. I think it's super cool because it's it's in the woods, you know, and there are just people. It has its own little like Disney culture there, and like there are dedicated people that come every year, and they are decorating their campsites, they're decorating their cabins. I should give a prize away to somebody who dresses up like Jason Voorhees from Friday the Thirteenth and chases you through the woods in Fort Wilderness. I I already have that fear. Well, I know yeah, that's why yeah, I want to. So, I don't know that that's. I don't like that. Uh, but no, that's really cool. And I will always encourage people if you are, even if you're not staying on property or you're here at that time of year, just take like the boat over from Magic Kingdom or one of the buses over to Fort Wilderness and kind of just like roam around. You know, you could rent a bike and just like um, bike from campsite to campsite and um, or one of the Pargos if you don't want to drive. Uh, you Do know, they still like, have uh, the haunted... Um they did like carriage rides. They used to do the headless horseman carriage ride. I don't remember if they did it this last year. I I want to say no, they do a headless horseman uh, special now where they they screen um, the legend of Sleepy Hollow and mm-hmm. the headless horseman's there, and you can do VIP packages with it and uh, cool. get an up close meet and greet with the the headless horseman. So I didn't get yeah. to do it last year, but I'm. <laughs> It's on my nice list this year. They, and that would sound like, yeah, that sounds like it would be fun. Yeah, I've been, I've been well, looking forward to that yeah. since I, I heard about it. I love the outdoor movie thing, so pay attention to that schedule too, because uh, every year for years, my tradition was to go on Halloween because they were playing Hocus Pocus. So we'd go every year and watch it and stuff. So it's the 25th anniversary this year, so I feel like they'll be, I don't know. That, that's why I'm excited about And seeing some cool, some cool Hocus Pocus, uh, Hocus Pocus merchandise. Coming out, the spirit jerseys, which they say are for women, but I bought one, and it fits great. <laughs> and it, there's nothing about it. It's got a peplum or anything. Woman. No, no, there's nothing. It's like it's to, it really is a unisex thing. I don't know why they don't bill it that way. Um, I, I don't know. It, that bothers me sometimes with their hocus pocus merch because a, a lot of the stuff will be the sisters are all geared toward. Women and then like they're like oh you guys get Thackeray Banks and I'm like yeah I like Thackeray and all but my shirts don't need to be all black and gray like you oh it's not the, the billowy white shirt <laughs> it's not, yeah where's my billowy white shirt with my attachable ponytail I don't want to be a pirate <laughs> um, what about you Teresa well I do love food and wine is okay for me I'm kind of like with Julie I don't get to go very often yeah. I go a couple of times and I try to you know go to the favorite things that I like the Halloween party for me I usually go I've got a ticket for um, mid-September with some friends and we did that last year and I'm absolutely looking forward to that are you going as Edna Mode? no I'm just going as me we all all have matching shirts (laughs) she could just put on some round glasses and she'd be set yeah really she's basically wearing them right now (laughs) I do love Edna um, yeah the Halloween party and the food the special little treats that you can go around and get not the candy the candy's awesome but you can get torn by that yeah. with a lot less leg work, you know. But I, yeah, my Halloween decorations will be going up as soon as I can, and they will stay up until Christmas goes up on mm-hmm. Thanksgiving weekend. Craig, I am in the same boat as Steve. I'm looking forward to the new things about Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. I enjoy it every year, regardless. But uh, it, it is time for an update to that. I, I think I said that last year, so I'm glad that they're freshening it up. 
I'm not looking forward to food and wine, but you know, you what? can go ahead and call me grumpy. I hate that event. I it. I you're don't, the only person I have yeah. ever met that has said those words out loud. I, I loved it when I first came here, and now it's just the same thing over and over. The same food items, like, and I just don't see the value in it as a local anymore. It's and that's just me. Drinks I, aren't big and for it's you. hotter than the devil's yeah. underpants. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, what? Eating and drinking in the heat is not fun. I'm with her. Devil's underpants. Uh, <laughs> that's that's going to be your next yeah. T-shirt. Yeah, Corey's really. good. I'm happy to be yeah. here. And Julie's. I'm hotter than the hotter devil's than underpants. The devil's, under- <laughs> I, devil's I'm just at the point. I'd rather just go sit down and get a meal there than deal with the hassle of God, stopping so an old. individual boost. It's I'm just, the oldest, no, oh, second oldest one in the room. Um, I wasn't going to correct you. <laughs> I'm the second oldest person in the room, and you are by far the grumpiest human being. Um, I listen. I, does anybody I does anybody look forward to the Christmas party more than the Halloween party? Oh, I do. Okay. I love the Christmas party, oh. although this year might change because of the differences that they're ch- and the changes that they're making to the Halloween party but I love Christmas is my favorite holiday so and there's no cold weather here so like everyone's saying how we artificially have to set the season uh, for me the Christmas party does the Christmas season in a way that I just love so I just I don't know I, I can see why people love the Halloween party more but it's just personal preference I guess no, I think yeah. both of them are, I like are them both equal. too I like them both for for their own special reasons. I think I I, I I used to be more partial to the Christmas party. I think now it's the Halloween party, to be honest. What about you, Charles? What are you looking forward to? Which do you prefer? <clears throat> um, well, you know, let me just start off. I agree with Grumpy Pants over there. Um, <laughs> food and wine just does not do it for me. Um, first of all, I'm, I don't drink, so the wine aspect mm-hmm. is not a, not a thing. And just on the food, yeah, it's hot and I'm sweating. And I actually like the heat, but I don't like to like power eat in the heat. So the first time I will go there, I'll enjoy it. Oh, what's this new thing? What's that? But like throughout the rest of food and wine, every time I'm going to Epcot... I don't make a thing of it. I might get a snack if I'm hungry there, but mm-hmm. I'd prefer table service too. Um, when I go, uh, when I go out, I want that on a shirt. Power, eat, <laughs> yeah. power eating. What the is heat. power, power eating, eating in the, the heat? heat. <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as what's coming up, I I love the Christmas party, but I've actually never done Mickey's not. So oh, that's scary. right. This is your and, first time doing it. Here's the thing. Um, I love Halloween. It's it's the mo- out of all of the holidays, it is the most fun, but has the fewest family obligations. No, like yes, it ha- does. Halloween. <laughs> Halloween is not the- if you have kids. Halloween <laughs> is the perfect holiday, especially for nerds who like like costumes and like creepy spiritual stuff and everything. I mean, when I'm not here, I'm usually hanging out in a cemetery preparing for this time of year. Um, <laughs> He's kidding. Creepy spiritual <laughs> He's kidding. things. Am I? Call um, back we do from hang the out in cemeteries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, well, you have to make the season and come to you and it's it's hot. I thought I had you figured but, out. <laughs> you should see his uh, uh, grave etchings that he has with the wax paper and the crayons. They He's all have so your guys' names. Cranes. Also, I have an idea. For all right, this. this is going off the rails in a hurry. <laughs> well, for this year, I'm making all of you tombstones a la Haunted Mansion with like rhymey epithets. Well, keep in mind, keep in mind that uh, last year, Charles decorated the outside of my house oh. for Halloween. Did an amazing job. I mean, there was dry ice. There were lights. There were noises. Mm-hmm. There was. I mean, it was awesome. And not tacky. It was really cool. Yeah. But um, um, So with that in mind, I didn't get to last year because there were extenuating circumstances, but I'm really looking forward to it. The new stuff, 
I won't know it's new, but it sounds awesome. And I was talking to Jackie Gailey about this yesterday. I just found out about the um, Return to Sleepy Hollow, the thing Craig was talking about with the showing. I really, really want to do that. I, you know, that's like an extra special little resort thing that the party gets a lot of the focus. But I love the Hepless Horseman, but I've never seen him in person. Obviously, you sleep in a coffin? Huh? You sleep in a coffin? (laughs) What did you say? Do you sleep in a coffin? No, I was. I, to... I said, well, just you wait till the party because yeah. you you got some surprises. Yeah, no, show. that yeah, that's what I mean. Is I'm I'm so I'm for me it's great because it's my favorite holiday at like a place that does holidays just amazingly. The, like I cheer up the second they do the decorating and I get to walk around and take photos and and do stuff for the site for that. Um, the second I see those decorations out, that's when fall really hits me. It's not the party. It's just seeing seeing the Mickey pumpkin wreaths and stuff like that. It's like it gives me an excuse to act like I want to act year round. And I'll enjoy the Christmas stuff. It gets a little cooler. But Halloween is hands down just an amazing time to be, to be in the well, state. Well, I hope, I hope we run into some of you guys uh, at the Halloween party this Friday. That's when we'll, we will all be there. But we do have to move on to rapid fire. Do you have something you wanted to add, Craig? Oh God! Why do you? That was crazy. That was, <laughs> that was creepy. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Surprisingly intimate, Craig Williams. Oh, what the heck was that? Was that was bordering on obscene? All right, so let's go ahead and move on to rapid fire, and we will start with you, Mr. Boda. Craig leaves all his voicemails like that. Um, yeah. So uh, my rapid fire is: there's a new quick service dining package for Eat to the Beat during the uh, 2018 Food and Wine Festival at Epcot. Um, This year's concert series at the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival is shaping up to be something special, with newcomers like Vertical Horizon and 98 Degrees joining the list of Walt Disney World concert veterans. Musical acts aren't the only thing new for 2018, though. That's my writing, by the way. As Eat to the Beat will be offering a quick-service dining package for the first time ever. Available only as a day-of opportunity, guests can make their way to the Liberty Inn and purchase this counter-service option. At a cost of $29.99, food and wine attendees can get a package that includes an entree, dessert, and non-alcoholic alcoholic beverage at the American Pavilion Eatery. Most important, though, this deal provides reserved seating at that night's Eat to the Beat concert. Mm. Um, the package may only be purchased for that day's concert. The number of Liberty Inn quick service packages available for purchase will change daily, depending on the number of seats that have not already been reserved for the other table service dining packages. So basically, the, availabil- uh, the availability of these is going to change day to day, and it's all kind of based on those Eat to the Beat table services. What they don't sell gets transferred over to the quick service package. So if you want to get in on that... Um, I don't know. Just the, I'm sorry. The concept of $30, not just for a quick service meal. Yeah, I know we're getting reserved seating to watch senior citizens yeah. prance around the stage with their oxygen Ooh. tanks. But the, the idea of $30... For a meal at the Liberty Liberty Inn, mm-hmm. which is the quick service restaurant, the American Pavilion, which is the worst quick service in World Showcase, maybe Epcot, is just mind blowing to me. It, it's terrible, but if you look at the prices of what their table service eat to the beat dining packages are, I mean, they're. You're but at ju- least there, I'm getting an experience. You're, you're paying for the reserved seating. I mean, they, the prices are, are pretty pretty large for that. But anyway, if uh, if that's a decision you decide you'd like to make, um, the Liberty Inn begins offering the option at 11.30 a.m. And like I say, those the amounts are going to change daily. So if you want to do this, you're going to want to get there really early. 
All right. Thank you, Charles. Steve. So on August 15th, uh, the Disney Parks blog will be live streaming the sunrise at 6 a.m. Uh, from the Animal Kingdom. I don't know who watches this because yeah, I'm not like, waking up at heck? 6 a.m. to watch a live stream. But Unless they're holding Simba up, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm not watching. Yeah. It's tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to watch yes. it tomorrow, uh, they're going to be live streaming the sunrise. So I think I actually it. watched the last one. Did you really? Yeah. Is it oh. a special? Is this sunrise going to be different? Like... This is the last one. Is it? Oh, oh you know what? <laughs> oh I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to I have things to do then. I, I don't want to be tired for the apocalypse. I'm going to sleep through it. But, yeah, so that's basically it. All right. Thank you, Steve. Teresa. That's kind of lame. Um, okay. <laughs> August 19th is Disney PhotoPass Day. If you're not familiar with the event, PhotoPass Day celebrates the creative camera work with Disney's PhotoPass photographers as they offer by showcasing picture-taking opportunities throughout the resort. I'm just going to give you a few different things here. There's the Dole Whip Magic Shot across from Sunshine Tree Terrace in Magic Kingdom. There's the Pretzel Prop, uh, Purple Wall near Tomorrowland Terrace, available 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. over in Epcot. We've got the Baby Groot Magic Shot. That's the one I'm going for. Mm I've met real baby, baby Groot. Groot. I like Teenage I Groot better, though. Okay, anyway, um, that's against the galaxy <laughs> theme wall. There's a whole wall. thing that just went on there. Uh, Hollywood Studios, we've got the Rizzo Magic Shot near Muppet Vision 3D, and Beauty and the Beast Light Painting next to the Theater of the Stars, available from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Rizzo the Rat. Man. Rizzo, yeah. I went Rizzo the other way. Not the... Not the not, yeah. not the pink lady. <laughs> yeah. things I could do. Yeah, okay, not that not that Rizzo. That would be trashy. Okay. Um, always devolves into a musical. It doesn't matter who's here. Yeah, right? really. Okay, over in... Um... Where's Bolt? Because I see him in this picture. Oh, is he at Hollywood Studios, maybe? <laughs> Hang on. Over at uh, well, the animal place where the sun what? is coming up for the last time. <laughs> if it's still there. We've got Huey, Dewey, and Louie magic shot in Dino Land and Finding Nemo prop over in Finding Nemo the Musical. And then, is that the last one you had? Yeah, that's it. Oh, so he's just in the photo. <laughs> he's just in the photo. There's others here, but I'm not going to go through them all because I don't want Pete to do this to me. That always scares me when he does that. Okay. I, I yeah, hate what it. is that? Is that a dog or a rabbit? It's Bolt. It's Bolt. He's Bolt from the movie Bolt. He's but, Peter Panning, though. All right. He looks terrifying. Um, Dogs shouldn't stand on two legs. And with their hands <laughs> on their hips. His best friend's name is I Rhino. Got a, I think Bolt's got a little sugar in his tank. Um, all right, thank you. Thank you, Teresa. (laughs) Julie. Okay. (laughs) Um, So mine is about food and wine. So there are four new events that are fun for kids of all ages. So there's going to be a junior chef kitchen. Um, It's going to be at 11 a.m. in the Festival Center on Sundays. The kids become the chefs, and they get to eat what they make. Um, It's a family-friendly, complimentary experience. Did everybody hear that? I like that that word. (laughs) So I have a feeling these will fill up quick. Um, You have to go to the Festival Center to sign up. It's limited availability. And you can sign up on Saturday beforehand or on Sunday before 11. So you make something in there. There are slots available. Then there's Candy Sushi, presented by Skittles and Adventures by Disney. You can roll your own sweet sushi treat with a Disney chef. This will be daily at 3.30 and 5.30 at Sunshine Oh, I may have to break. I may have to break diet for that. Um, Sign up at tasteepcot.com. Then there's going to be Disney Du Jour Dance Party. This is going to be a rotating menu of Disney friends. Sorry. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Really? As they dance to hit songs and play volume games. 
Um, there's also going to be a special guest from Radio Disney, so one of their little pop stars, I'm sure, will top the party off with a concert. This will be Fridays and Saturdays from 5.30 to 9.30 at the Fountain View stage. And then there will... Well, this isn't new. It's a new theme. Um festival play area it's always there and this year's theme is ralph breaks the internet oh nice and it's near test track they'll always have the remy's ratatouille hide and seek Mm -hmm. you purchase the map and you find remy around the world showcase um you can find your maps at the festival center penn central disney traders or world traveler and only available while supplies last you know the cooking thing the best time stella ever had was when we signed her up and she did but they gave her a little chef's hat and she Mm -hmm. did the cooking with the at Disney, downtown the sushi Disney. sushi sounds a lot like a lot of fun. Yeah. So. She did sushi, but it was like with chicken. Which I want Skittle sushi. Because Skittles makes one of my favorite commercials, so. Oh, You're Skittles right. Are just is it the one with... <laughs> are they contagious? <laughs> contagious? No, I don't think so. Oh, I hate Skittles. <laughs> Thinking of a different commercial. Glue some right. M&Ms on me. I'm good, but not sure. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. Rhino. Um, okay. Mine is about brunch, and it is uh, Art Smith's Homecoming, right? Homecoming. Homecoming. Um, announced today on Twitter that their Rise and Shine brunch... Uh, this might not have been today. It is. Um, uh, that there is regularly offered on Sundays will now be available on Saturdays. So starting this coming weekend, the brunch will run from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., both Saturdays and Sundays. So, um, you know, that's that. Cool. That chicken's wearing a bow tie. Sure is, buddy. All right. And Gregory. Must be a bow tie. Of course, he was wearing a bow tie. He's very cocky. <laughs> there oh. we go. Oh. Um, Jokes. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Buckle down here. Got one more thing to do. Uh, adjustments are coming to Tomorrowland attractions to prepare for the Tron Coaster construction. So in December of this year, which is 2018, if you're listening to this in the future, the Walt Disney World Railroad is going to be parked at the Main Street Station, and guests will be able to take advantage of an up-close look at the railroad along with photo opportunities up there. And then the Speedway will close for part of 2019, so the track can undergo some adjustments, and then it'll reopen as the Speedway still, if you cared. And uh, then eventually Tron will open. So I am bummed about the railroad being closed. I'm Obviously inevitable, but when's the I, last time you've done the railroad? I, I do. I like to do it pretty regularly. Sure. Do it. I finally did it for the first time. Yep, me and Charles hey, were in the Magic Kingdom, and I was like, I "We are doing last it." Last Thursday. Yeah, because you always thought, "I haven't done it. I haven't done it. I haven't." And done you know it. what? It was worth it. Now I'm sad that it's going to be closed. <laughs> you did this. You're the reason. You're the reason. I uh, wrote it for the last time. Now none of you can have it. <laughs> All right. All right, folks. That is going to do it for our episode for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Have a great week. Bye.